1: Dueling review time and I think Coinciding with uh, Star Wars Celebration that went on last week In uh, Anaheim, California And also we've got a little uh, Surprise by a certain Dark Lord of the Sith On this week's Obi-Wan Kenobi On the Disney Plus We're taking a look at Dueling uh, dueling review Star Wars Darth Vader number 23 this week A uh, kickoff of A new arc apparently Question mark, I don't know uh, I mean, they say it's a new arc, but it really seems to be tied very much so to whatever happened previously. Uh, as we get into, I don't know who this woman is. Uh, apparently she knew. She
2: is uh, the woman played by Kira Knightley in episode two. She is the uh, the handmaiden who pretended to be. Oh, okay. Or maybe, no, it's episode one. The one who pretended to be Amadala. Yeah. While the real Lama Donald was pretending to be the handmaid.
1: Yeah. Uh, the one played by Keira Knightley. So, uh, yes. Uh, so we get, uh, her saying, Hey, Darth Vader, you remember when you were, uh, Anakin Skywalker, I know who you are and you promised that you'd go back and free your mother, but instead she died, but you said you were still going to free all the slaves. Well, uh, Bunch of slaves were taken from Tatooine and they've been moved somewhere else and you need to go take care of them because the governor there is treating them very poorly. And Darth Vader's like, I'll do this, but I don't want to do it. And so he goes with them to the planet and he runs into two of his old friends from when he was a little pod racer baby. And uh he saves them. The end. Um okay. I mean he does. Well, he does, but there's more stuff after that. Not much. There's they're gonna some, okay. they're gonna go take care of the governor, and and then there's a cliffhanger and all that stuff.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: What what do you what do you what do you think of the comic there, Matthew?
2: Um, I don't mind it. I I feel like it's cannon welding. I feel like you know we're definitely taking advantage of first of all the you know the change in attitudes about the first three movies, chronologically speaking, episode one, two, and three, and how people, you know, are growing up and starting to accept it. But I also feel like having it be a story about this girl and these two guys who were in the pod racing scene, and this happened over here, and now we're dealing with that, not necessarily something where I feel like it's too much, because I'm usually really good for a callback or, you know, a casting gag, but I also feel like having it be kind of the meat of this story doesn't necessarily feel like enough for me. I mean, obviously Darth Vader is not a very emotive character. Darth Vader is a character who keeps his own counsel and, you know, that's in keeping with everything we've seen about him, but it does make it feel, you know, weirdly clinical and remote. You know, he shows up on this planet. We don't, You know, you can't have a thought bubble in comics anymore. We don't really get him saying anything or doing anything about how he feels. But you know, obviously, these people get in trouble, and he defends them against the incoming razor beasts, whatever they are. And it just—I don't know—I came out of it feeling weirdly unsatisfied, even though it felt like a pretty okay story.
1: I think it's a pretty okay story. I I mean, uh, from you know what's going on in the story. Uh, Here are some, uh, quote unquote, for lack of a better word, slaves that are not being treated fairly. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the government has been called in to investigate and it turns out something bigger is going on and they need to team up uh, to take this down. I'm fine with that story. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a story that should have Darth Vader in it. Right. So here's here's my big problem. Here's my big problem with a lot of things that go on in comic books and movies and all these things. You create a villain and Darth Vader is a great villain who has a redemption arc. If you follow all of the episodes, one through one through six, you get to see Anakin Skywalker go from somebody who's innocent. Somebody who is lured into the, uh, the allure of power is corrupted by that power and comes out on the other side uh, as someone who is vindicated is fine. Once Darth Vader is once he becomes Darth Vader, though, until he has that moment in episode six, in my mind, he's a villain. We -hmm. shouldn't feel sympathy for someone who has, uh, uh, no problem or qualms killing younglings. And unfortunately this book, and I'm guessing the entire series, the only other one that I've read of the Darth Vader series is when he's going on a killing rampage, Vader down. We reviewed that. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think you should try to make Darth Vader sympathetic. I don't think you should have him sitting here going, well, should I go and save my friends or not? No, I don't think that that should. I don't. I really don't think in my view that you should be doing that with uh, bad characters. Unfortunately, we have seen what happens when DC Comics tries to make the Joker a sympathetic character. We've seen what happens Mm. when uh, people think that the stormtroopers are the greatest thing in the world. Right. Right. Uh, I I I understand the appeal of a good bad guy. I understand the appeal of, of having fascist enemies to fight against in the form of the stormtroopers. But when you're like, oh, man, the stormtroopers are so rad. Darth Vader is the coolest man. Then I begin to wonder about the impact that those characters have on an audience, especially when you try to make them sympathetic or try to make them mm-hmm. the hero. And that is something that I don't think. I think that is a dangerous road to go down when you try to make the villain sympathetic. Now you can take somebody who is uh, somebody who might be a bigot. Uh, you can take and, and, and redeem them, but mm-hmm. to try to make them a sympathetic hero, I think is a wrong approach. That's me personally. No, I'm a hundred percent with you. And I
2: feel like not just that it's a problematic approach. And I feel like, You know, you shouldn't do that with a character like Vader. It doesn't work here because the character of Vader is who he is. If we presume, now I presume this is taking place in between, uh, for some reason, my brain just says this is in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Do we know where this is chronologically?
1: We do don't although if i'm not mistaken the war of the bounty hunters store and i'm thinking that all the star wars stuff is tied in together so mm-hmm. the last thing that i remember from seeing a, of star wars stuff was the war of the bounty hunters and that is definitely empire between empire and jedi and jedi okay. uh only because um only because han solo is in carbonite and all the bounty hunters want him uh so if this is in that same timeline as war of the bounty hunters then yeah that that's definitely between before return of the jedi okay
2: so yeah i i feel like at this point in his story i was assuming that this is you know post star wars post the explosion of the death star where he goes from being kind of a tool of grand moff tarkin to being the Emperor's direct representative that we see in Empire Strikes Back. And this is a particularly problematic point to take this particular character and have him have these weird wobbly moments because throughout Empire, he is rock solid in his resolve. He will find his son and turn him or his son will die. And at the end of that storyline, you know, he's he is still unwaveringly an evil Sith. And it doesn't, you know, there isn't even really any hint in the story at that point in time that something is happening. So if this is happening in between Empire and Jedi, then clearly this Darth Vader series is one of those, we're going to fill in the blanks and show you the slow evolution of how we get from he will join us or die to I am a father like my Jedi before me.
1: Even if this is... Um, even if this takes place before, uh, a new hope, Mm -hmm. I still think that that's very problematic because as we saw again in in this week's, yeah, in this week's, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi episode, Darth Vader's got a mad hate going on for him and, and he is heck bent on destroying all of the remaining Jedi, hunting them down and, and killing them. And he, uh, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen Obi-Wan Kenobi, he kills like six people in like two minutes on, uh, uh, of this week's episode. And he does it without remorse. And he does it without any thought or feeling. He is just heck bent on revenge. Mm-hmm. So I really, Darth Vader is a great villain. Don't get me wrong. I think as mm-hmm. a bad, as bad guys go, he's one of the best bad guys that you could have, but the hero worship and the, whittling away of him being a villain and him being a troubled hero or a dark hero bothers me to no end.
2: Yeah. And I feel like it's a decision that much like, you know, Marvel editorial saying, Hey, you know, it would be great if Conan were an Avenger. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a decision that I think makes for comic sales and mm-hmm. may make for some interesting stories. If you're reading the book, month over month over month, and you've been invested in this Darth Vader storyline since 2017. But just picking up this issue out of the blue, it I, I feel like it just doesn't work. It almost can't work. And it's really kind of designed to give you, you know, just this little micro view of something where you can enjoy this bit and think, does he remember his little friends from Pod Racing Town? He, he actually does because
1: that uh, is... He qu- Right, he does. I mean, that's the reason why he jumps in to save them from the the razor beasts. Uh, right, is because he's and like, "Oh, that... those are those are my two friends from when I was a young wee lad." <laughs> and that also is problematic for me because if there's one thing that I have grown tired of with Star Wars is how mm. um, inbred it is, for lack of a better word, right? In, in the fact no, that it's, it's a good call. In in, in the fact that. Even Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy themselves has said, we're done with the Skywalker saga. But everything has to be tied to everything. I don't know how many people are on the planet Tatooine. I could probably call up Dr. Bradley Will, who used to write for the Star Wars uh, RPG back in the day. But of the let's let's say that there's five million people on the planet of Tatooine. That's a pretty low number, but it is a desert planet, et cetera. Of the 30 or 40 people that were taken, what are the odds? I know. Don't tell me the odds. What are the odds that two of the people that were taken just so happen to be Vader's young friends from when he was a kid talking about how much fun pod racing was? I know this is fiction. I know this is just a story. But my God, it just feels like we are dealing with the smallest, the smallest universe uh, out there. That there are only well, like fifty six people in this entire universe, and they and all know Four each of other. them are women, yeah well, and yes, and is, even fewer of them are black, so you got that
2: right. I saw somebody tweeting the other day that Anakin Skywalker. In A New Hope, must have been stunned as he watches a ship pull in with his son, his daughter, his mentor, his astromech, and a droid he built when he was know, ten. Right, right, and sitting there and staring and wondering who the hell this Han Solo guy is. This space trucker just showed up with everyone he's ever met, like some sort of intergalactic Alan Funt. And I'm just like, that is a very valid point. The 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 retconning and reverse engineering. Well, is something that is a weakness so, of the Star Wars lately. A so. couple
1: of things, he doesn't watch the uh he doesn't watch anybody get off the off the Millennium Falcon uh, right. in in the movie. He, he the only thing that he senses is a presence I, I have not felt presence in many that years. I have not felt in many years. And he knows that that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. He has no right. idea that his Princess Leia is his daughter even though he should be aware that she is that she is force aware. Wait, uh,
2: is that he, canonical? that Leia is his daughter? Is not his daughter?
1: Or he does not know that Leia is his daughter? No, he doesn't. Not know. until not until the very very end in Return of the Jedi when uh-huh. uh remember cuz um um Luke at the end of Empire flies off after he learns that that Leia is his sister and uh Obi-Wan ghost is standing there going, "Oh my gosh, we have lost the Jedi over." And Yoda goes, "No, there is one more." There is. Yeah, there is And so another. Luke knows and presumably tells her between uh Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But when in the final battle. No, no, no. He tells her on screen in episode three, doesn't he? Mm,
2: And she's like, I "I know.
1: Oh, maybe. I I don't know that part, but at at some point they know uh, that they're related. But um, when Luke and Vader are fighting in Return of the Jedi, the Emperor is screaming, you know, let your feelings go, let the force go, let it overtake you. And, And Luke is like, no, no, no. And Vader is like, wait, there is another. You have a sister. And then he realizes, oh, he doesn't say that I have a daughter, but he's like, oh, you have a sister. And so then the, that's when Luke loses it and starts striking at him. And then the uh, (laughs) empire strike, you know, takes and and fires uh, lightning bolts at him. Um, but it is, it is also very, it is so, so very closed, closed loop, closed system thing. And I get Mm -hmm. tired of that. You know, the war of the bounty hunters, I know we've seen Greedo and Bosk and, I G 88 and and all of those guys running around as bounty hunters doing their bounty hunter thing. And that's cool. Right. Uh, Dingar and all those guys. Um, right. But I think, and this is one of the things that has been brought up multiple times. This is why the Mandalorian, everybody really enjoyed that. That series is because it wasn't a Skywalker film. And I know there's some yeah. people that really hate, uh, rogue one, I like Rogue One of all the quote unquote new Star Wars films that came out after 2012 or whatever it is. I really Mm -hmm. like Rogue One because you know that it is uh, um, where eagles dare, right? Where the the Clint Eastwood and the gang have to go attack the, uh, the German uh, castle and you know, no one's going to make it out alive. I love that. Yeah. I (laughs) love that. I, I think that is great. And you know, they do the job that they're supposed to do. And there's like, A couple of cameo appearances by people you know, Jimmy Smith's character. um, You get to see, you know, there's there's many of them in there. I'm not going to name them all. You get Vader in action. You get. uh, Yeah. I mean, especially at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, for the most part, it is a story that is not a Skywalker story. Right. Uh, And so I really dig that. And this comic book, while a solid story and while very interesting, Darth Vader is not the man with no name. Okay. Right. He is not a fistful of dollars. He is not a few dollars more. He is not the good and the bad and the ugly. Although if you take his mask off, he might fit all three. Um, uh-huh. But he is a bad guy and bad guys should, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he sh- he's fine feeling conflicted. I don't know. But I think that you're trying to make Darth Vader too sympathetic in here. And because of the, Oh, what a coincidence that his two friends happen to be there. Mm-hmm. I just didn't care for the story. Greg Pak is a great writer. Okay. Mm -hmm. From, from a story perspective, especially if you have to fight with, or I'm sorry, not fight, especially if you have to work within the bounds that Lucasfilm puts you in when it comes Mm -hmm. to star Wars stuff, this is a fine story, right? There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the execution of the story within the bounds that you are, that you have been set. Uh, Mm -hmm. Raphael Ainko. Uh, I don't know if you if that's how you pronounce the name or not. If I'm wrong, I, I apologize. I think the art is fine in this issue. Uh, Darth Vader looks like Darth Vader. Star Wars stuff looks like Star Wars stuff. Uh, Greedos and robots look like Greedos and robots. It's all really good. So from from the from a from an analysis of is this a good comic book? Yes. Asterisk. But if we look at it critically, which is what we're doing here. I have a lot of problems with this comic book.
2: Yeah, and I think all of your criticisms are valid. I think that this is, this is a you know, it, you said it. This is a good story. This is a strong premise. This is an interesting take. But it's all hanging on a framework of a character that really can't support it. And, you know, I never at any point felt through this story or, you know, at any point in the Star Wars universe, I really didn't feel like. Darth Vader is this tortured guy trying to deal with his, you know, his strange well, descent into the dark side. Yeah, I feel so like let me ask you this. he
1: embraced it. Yes. I think up to a point, I think that, you know, in episode one and two, especially when he's falling in love and told that Jedi are not supposed to fall in love. He's very conflicted there because he right. knows that I can just make them do what I want to do because I'm supposed to be the greatest. There's a, there's a legend about me, right? It's mm-hmm. in episode three where he starts to really become conflicted and then the the poison is put into the ear by the emperor and he he fully embraces his dark side by the second act of of episode three. But I can see, you know, a young person being corrupted by the appeal of power and women and whatever that you want to have happen uh, to mm-hmm. see that. But once he crosses over, he's not a good guy anymore. No. So I, so, what yeah. do you think of the comic itself? On
2: a a purely structural basis of, is it well-drawn? Yeah. Is it well-written? Yeah. I feel like people who have been following this and fans who have been like, hey, did you hear that Darth Vader has an ongoing series? I think if you're picking this up in the hopes of seeing something that feels like Darth Vader, but also feels, you know, not like everything you've seen before since 1977, this would be a good buy for you. And I also agree 100% with you that if you think too hard about the idea that Darth Vader is, oh, I remember when little Greedo and I used to build space rockets back in, you know, in the desert that I hate um, and is going to use that and have that be kind of a driving force for his character I don't feel like that works.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It just, yeah, it's uh, just. Not, and, and I don't know. And and again, this is. I think this is the second Darth Vader series at Marvel. Um, this is
2: the third, actually, because they're they had one that started in 2017. Oh, okay. And went 25 issues, and then they had one that started in 2019, and then this is Darth Vader Volume Three. Okay. A Star Wars Darth Vader. Star Wars: colon Darth Vader
1: Volume Three. Yeah. So. There's something about the Darth Vader series. I, I just, I know there's probably a lot of people going, you just don't understand Darth Vader. You just need you to read the just, whole series. Um, you, you, you probably should watch more Star Wars, you fake nerds. Man, I am, you know, I've said it before, I'm a more Star Wars fan than I am a Star Trek fan. Uh, and mm-hmm. I really enjoy Star Wars a lot. Um, but, you know, there's, I'm not going to go in and, and devour the entire Wikipedia and memorize every little tidbit of blade of grass and why is it, is it called a duck when it's in space kind of thing. Um, oh, it's a space duck, Yeah, no. uh, okay. I know. Okay. I did look that part up. But yeah. I I really think that they, uh, I really think in this issue, it feels like a disservice to Darth Vader. Uh, the Darth Vader series that I really loved was the uh, Vader's Castle series that ironically was not done by uh, Marvel, but done <laughs> by IDW Publishing as a spooky thing. And I think that that's maybe how, that's what made Darth Vader so great in episodes four, five, and six, right? was mm-hmm. that he was this boogeyman that was there. He shows up at the beginning, he's twisting his mustache, he puts the princess away, he kills Luke Skywalker's mentor, he comes yep. back and just steps out of nowhere uh in Empire Strikes Back and tries to kill Luke and Han and Leia and all that stuff. And then uh, he gets a, he gets his butt handed to him in in return of the Jedi. Uh, that's that's yep. what makes him a good boogeyman villain. Um but here I just I I don't know. I think it's a misstep. Uh, I, again, I'm not, I'm not Lucasfilm. I'm not Greg Pak. I'm not, uh, I'm not Kathleen Kennedy. They may have an idea of what Vader means to them. This mm-hmm. isn't what it means to me. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I'm not saying that this is a horrible comic and you should avoid it. And I'm also not right. saying that the creator should feel bad about, uh, what they've done. They shouldn't. It's just not a thing for me that I, I'm very kind of hard that if, if I view you as a bad person, You're a bad person, and there is no redeeming that fact. Uh and if you are set up as the bad person, I really don't unless you do something remarkable, I don't Mm -hmm. see you being a conflicted uh I don't see you being conflicted, especially again after this week's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Spoiler (laughs) alert. He kills a lot of people without remorse.
2: Stop spoiling. I haven't seen it
1: yet. Uh, Well, and and the fact that all those people that he kills is very much a a thing, a nothing. It's a nothing is what it is. It's just like, I'm going to kill these people to show that I can kill people
2: to instill fear. Don't kill them. Don't kill them. No, I'll kill them. So bottom line
1: for you, Matthew, pick it up, leave it, skip Um, it. Bottom line
2: for me, honestly, I think you can skip it. And that's not necessarily a you know an indictment of its quality i feel like it's kind of an indictment of things behind the scenes that aren't really in anybody's control i i wouldn't recommend it now if it sounds awesome to you based on that hey more power to you have fun do your thing you know whatever you get there yeah and and
1: again if you're looking for a hey I, i really like this darth vader guy i wonder if there's any comic books out there about him uh this is an epic news story begins as darth vader embarks upon a new mission in partnership with a sworn enemy so, I mean, there's everything you need. It's a new story arc. Uh, follow it through until it's uh, epic conclusion with issue number thirty.
2: Now, also, uh, it should be noted that if you're like, "Hey, I really like this Darth Vader guy, and I want to, I want to see more of him," um, if you if you don't get help here, get help somewhere.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. If you're like, "Man, I really love this Darth Vader character, and I want to emulate him and be very much like him," I also yeah. will say that I hate sand. Yes, please, please go see somebody. Vader it up. <laughs> yeah. All right, that wraps it up for this installment of Dueling Review. Thank you to all the awesome people who are hanging out in uh, the live chat this week. We've got Balooey, Just the Red, J. Michael D., Jimbo Fett, uh, Bad Jokes Bespoke is there. I thought there was somebody else there earlier, but perhaps not. But thank you, uh, you guys, for coming in and hanging out in our Major Spoilers Discord server. Dear listener, you can join the Major Spoilers Discord server for free there's a link in the show notes and you can come out and hang out with us each and every week. Maybe you want to talk about Darth Vader. Maybe you want to talk about uh, uh, TV shows. Maybe you want to talk about movies. Or maybe you just want to talk about comics because there's a lot of comics out there. And I know you're going to go out, find one and read some good comics. Uh, go enjoy yourself.
2: This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.